Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Good morning, Jesus 911. Ruben Abba, Jesse Romero coming to you with uh, Catholic Truth. Good to be here, Jesse. Good morning. Hey, Ruben, I'm 10 8. I'm on duty reporting for duty, sir. I'm here in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. Nice. Yep, I'm doing a parish mission out here, and uh, it's wonderful. I'll be here for the next three nights, but we're on today together, Ruben. Hey, just want to mention today's the uh, feast day of St. John of the Cross. St. John of the Cross, pray for us. Amen. Uh, yeah, and what an incredible uh, theologian on mystical theology. Yeah. St. John of the Cross really warned us, Ruben. He really warned us about... Um, about the discernment of spirits and 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 being very cautious about saying God spoke to me, God spoke to me. Mm. In fact, Saint John of the Cross, he would posit that uh, if you think that you're you're speaking, God is speaking to you, you need to you need to avoid it at all costs because more than likely it's a demon. And so Saint John of the Cross was very very clear about what being cautious about chasing. Mystical phenomena. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You hear it all the time. Circles. Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit speaking to me. You know, well, he may, he may be, but. Uh, yes, yeah. It may be. Maybe not. It could be an evil spirit. Exactly. So, yeah, we'll talk about that at the end of the second half of the show. We're going to be t- actually talk, talking about that. Yeah. Subject. Yeah. So, hey, Jesse, uh, it's raining cats and dogs over here. So, I've got my hat on and. You know, California is not used to the rain, so we they can't drive in the rain, and uh, it's it's crazy out here, flooding, and yeah, so anyway. <laughs> hey, you know what? Maybe it's the beginning of the flood in California. Hey, who could, it could be it could be the beginning of Noah's flood. Yeah, second time around. <laughs> I don't. I thought we weren't gonna. He's gonna not gonna take it. Oh, that's water. right. You're right. He's not gonna take us by water, but you know, we could always break off into the ocean with an earthquake. <laughs> they, oh, that's true. That could be just a chastisement. That's right. So, uh, Jesse, we have uh, more tyrannical measures being taken over here in California. Starting tomorrow, all of California will be masked up. They will be. What? Rid- this governor is going back to mass mandates throughout all of California. It was just in L.A. Now it's in all of California, and outdoors and indoors. Can you t- can you believe that they've got nine known cases of the Omnichrome in 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 California, and they tr- they're trying to say that the numbers are going up, but uh, and you'll see in, in the uh, the doctor we're going to listen to today. You know she's she's been in these hospitals, and and I think she was talking about New York, but nevertheless, the numbers aren't the, the hospitals aren't packed right now, and they're just another way to lock us down, to keep us in fear, to control us. And I have a funny feeling this is because the the um, the numbers on, on from the Democrats are looking really glim, and um, the the elections in twenty twenty two are coming up, and they have to start laying down the foundation now to to go to uh, you know um, you know mail in votes one hundred percent. That's I think that's the that's my take. That I think that's the goal is to uh, drive people away from going to the polls and. And see where that leads them. 
Yeah, Ruben. Yeah, you're right. This Dr. Naomi Wolf, she used to work for the Clintons. She's a she's a Democrat. Uh, she's a former Clinton advisor. She's a Rhodes Scholar. <clears throat> and uh, you're going to watch a little clip right now where she goes off on these medical elites on Steve Bannon's war room. Uh, not ready yet. Oh, sounds good. So what we're seeing here, here's what she said. Let me quote her. She said this quote, we're seeing this state by state. There's some kind of contract where governors have to deliver a certain percent of vaccinated in order to get something from pharma or in order to fulfill their contract. Yep. So you can see this structure over and over of, well, we have to reach the 70 or, or 80 percent of vaccinated or you don't get your rights back. And this is how. And this is not how America works, she says. Dr. Naomi Wolf says, I have my rights. She, she's talking about New York Governor Hutchell, can't make me. And so she says they're trying to drag us into onto their field of rhetoric. And it's a field of rhetoric of lies, and it's built on lies. And Dr. Naomi, again, former Clinton advisor, Democrat, she says, and, I've, and I always think of, uh, you know, Joseph Goebbels, who was uh, Adolf Hitler's right-hand man who committed suicide. Goebbels says, if you tell a lie big enough over and over again, people will believe you. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Naomi Wolf, former Clinton advisor, says, so number one, as I say all the time, everybody agrees, all the data show vaccinated, unvaccinated, that it does not affect transmission. So all of these tyrannical measures are nonsensical because they're, they're predicated on transmission. The other thing I want to say is that we're not in a pandemic emergency anymore. It's not a pandemic. Once again, my comments. She's a Democrat and she's angered. She She's basically angered and triggered the Democrat establishment because she's daring to tell the truth and she's looked at with derision and they're labeling her basically a traitor, Ruben. God bless her. Uh, I, I, I appreciate her candor. Yeah, she's a, she's a hardcore feminist. She's written books on you know, feminism. And, and so she's by going on Steve Bannon's war room, that, that says something about her. She's maybe she's red pilling Jesse because, you know, obviously we all know who Steve Bannon is, you know, he was, uh, he was in, uh, in Trump's, uh, organization. Yeah. And they want, they want to put him in jail. They're trying to find any way to put him in jail, by the way. Of course, of course they are. So, yeah, I think that was, that's pretty telling what she, she, she quotes, you know, Joseph Goebbels because, Man, he was uh, he was instrumental in convincing the German people to support the Nazi regime and and uh, and maintain their support during World War Two. So she's giving that analogy. And that's that's serious stuff. You know, that, that they're trying to control us with this, these lies. And um, and people are buying it hook, line and sinker. At least half the population is. And uh, you still see people walking around uh, out here just. Uh, masked you know and um some of them still have the shield on and i'm like gee <laughs> the shield ruben <laughs> and, and, and i'm going to tell you something that really concerns me is lapd just put out a, a memo basically a national Gosh. a national announcement saying don't come to los angeles because the crime rate is is through the roof do not come here. Homicides, robberies, everything is up through the roof mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. The chief of police saying, do not come here. This is going to make it worse because criminals, they're going to say, hey, it's easier to commit crime if you got a mask on. You've seen those young black thugs 
in several stores over in San Francisco and other places, 50 or 80 of them rush with masks a store, very in a, in a concerted effort. Who's going to be able to stop them? You don't got enough cops on the street on a shift to stop 80 young thugs with masks going into a store. And again, mask, Ruben, again, it's just helping the, the bad element conceal themselves even more so. The whole thing about vaccines, Ruben, it's nothing more than a big pharma, huge profit-making scam. And it's been like that from the very start. And what it is, by the way, Steve Bannon's the voice of truth. Any, anybody, war room, Steve Bannon is, is a Catholic, by the way. Yes. And what all this is, what we're dealing with right now, this is a bioweapon designed for depopulation. And this is a way of installing this transhuman technology into your body. What say you, Ruben? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Jesse. There's... They're, they're saying now that uh, you're going to need two boosters for the Omicron because the original <laughs> vaccine isn't going to cover it. But but other doctors are saying, hey, the, the symptoms are mild. So you're going to you're going to go go through hoops to, to try to uh, uh, put down a, a, a something that's no greater than a, a common cold. You know, so it's it, it's amazing. It's amazing what they're doing. And, and on top of that, you mentioned LAPD. They just a judge just ruled uh, against those officers who were uh, protesting the mandate. So they're they're looking at a number of uh, police uh, and city firemen who joined in the in the in the lawsuit. And they're going to be either out of a job or um, unless they they cave in. So the streets are going to be even less safe. The First responders, you know, firemen that aren't going to be on the trucks, that's going to be less safe, that people are going to be dying when they, they could maybe easily survive because there's just the response time is short, is long. Um, it's a mess. It's that's a trickle down effect of what's going on because of these lies, Jesse. Ruben, and I'm going to tell you, sleepy, unelected Joe Biden. Here's what here's what I believe. He, this is his part of it. He's friends with the communist Chinese who unleashed this virus on the world. Yeah. Whenever he, things start coming back to normal like they were, I think Sleepy Joe is going to get on the horn. He's going to call the Wuhan uh, lab and he's going to order another release of a bioweapon to keep us in our places. And as this starts, again, the numbers start going down and people get infected, he's going to make another phone call, him and uh, Frankenstein Fauci, and they're going to be calling the Wuhan virus lab to, uh, again, unleash another bioweapon against us. The truth is that what we're dealing with right now what we're dealing right now on this planet has nothing to do with medicine. It's politics. And this is an abuse of our free will and our freedom because these are not vaccines. No, okay. No. These Ruben, this is a kill shot and it's a slow kill shot. And it's nice to see a liberal uh, like, uh, you know, Dr. Naomi Wolf. It's uh, nice to see somebody uh, like her speak the truth about this pandemic. Mm. Yeah, Jesse, there's uh, a number of athletes that are just falling, falling down dead. Uh, some of them having to retire because of the vaccine. And um, it's a sad state over here. And, and what never what surprises me is that that they are uh, not they're not asking the, uh, the vaccinated to get tested when uh, some of these people who were going to work, they're getting mandatory testing if they don't want the vaccine. So. They're, they're transmitting and they're getting uh, the vaccinated are getting sick more often than the unvaccinated. So anyway, we'll be back on the other side of the break. Maybe we'll play a clip for you. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. First Amen. 1031. Hey, we got to... I think we got a short little clip of Dr. Naomi Wolf. I want them to hear okay. four minutes of, of the of the doctor who's a Okay. Okay, no, no problem. We'll wait for the last Ruben, let's move on to another topic about in Washington, the town is shocked by the way they're erasing this old Christmas custom. So the Chamber of Commerce at a small town in Washington State approved a number of alarming changes to a long-standing Christmas custom. Man. According to a local business owner, Benjamin Leavenworth from Washington, a restaurant owner and member of the Knights of Columbus, says the town's chamber of commerce told the Knights that their booth would not be included in this year's public festivities. <laughs> well, Jeez. what did the Knights of Columbus generally do? They put up a Christmas nativity set. Benjamin Leavenworth, the Knight, says our booth has been a feature of the Christmas lighting for the past 30 years. Uh, he wrote this on a Facebook post after the chamber inexplicably turned the nights away. Benjamin Herod and his business partner made space in our restaurant patio for the Knights of Columbus sausage booth, uh, whose proceeds go to good causes. Benjamin said that while the exclusion of the Knights could have been unintentional, it seems to illustrate the priorities of those leading the charge in this town. Because after a recent election and the introduction of COVID restrictions, Officials rebranded the long-standing local custom of Christmas lighting, axing the word Christmas from the title and renaming it Village of Lights. Benjamin Herod said this to Catholic Vote. Ruben, continue. Yeah, Jesse, this doesn't surprise me. It's from the, uh, the Washington uh, left coast state, right? Yeah, right. Uh, so um, anyway, he's, he's seen a pattern of this. And on the opening weekend of uh the town's public holiday celebrations, the chamber had the audacity, the naivete, naivete, that's a hard word. Yeah, it is. Stupidity to kick off this non-holiday by inviting Crumpus Seattle, a group a group of demonic horned half-goat cosplayers to give speeches at our pavilion and pub crawl throughout the downtown terrifying our children. And, um, if you see the article, these pictures are just horrific. They, they they're demonic. They're dressed pictures. like demons. Yeah, and so why would you want them running around scaring your children? And and cancel Christmas, the Christmas festivities, to profile got men dressed like demons. It's all on an agenda, Jesse. It's not by accident. This is so. This is all on 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 purpose. The the Chamber of Commerce should. This is what Harriet's saying. The Chamber of Commerce should issue an apology and whoever is responsible for the stupidity should step aside and let someone with some sense of sanity and decency take their place. Harry Reid uh, stated on Facebook. So he says, as a local restaurateur, Harry also complained of, uh, of an organization whose sole purpose is to promote commerce, would choose to sponsor something that alienates and offends many of our potential visitors, adding that, that the citizens and Business owners should be very concerned with the direction that things have been heading in. You know, so he says, my hope is that this message and many more are heard loud and clear at the leadership level in our community. My, he says, uh, my hope is that the Knights succeed in their charitable work. My hope is that we finally wake up and let 
Leavenworth be Leavenworth with caroling, St. Nick, the Nativity, Christmas lighting, and old men selling sausages. Uh, this is this is disturbing, and this is yeah. If Ruben, if if you look at the pictures on this article, you can get the get this article on vmpr.org, vmpr.org. They're disturbing. These are people dressed like demons. How how does this has nothing to do with Christmas? No, this is the infiltration of Satanism into another town. Well, in fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. Benjamin's Herod's initial post on Facebook was shared dozens of times and re- received over a hundred comments. Other people were, uh, you know, defending this group of Satanists that are coming into Seattle and uh, ridiculing Christmas and using foul language. One commentator himself wearing a demonic mask in this profile picture seemed to threaten Benjamin Herod, the Knights, this Knights of Columbus guy. And the commentators who agreed with him about keeping the Leavenworth activities family friendly. The Satanist said, y'all are retarded. Sounds like you've been naughty this year. Be be careful. Krampus might kidnap your kids. Sounds like a threat to me, Ruben. Yep. Uh, at this point, it can't be denied that there are some there are some real cultural and societal reckonings that are happening. And they stand to, dis- to determine where we go as a community. Benjamin Herod wrote in the following post, this Knights of Columbus, he said, Christianity is being mocked in the public square as a fairy tale and a superstition. Uh, but his post and the responses to it demonstrated that paganism, Satanism, demonic influence are alive and well in this culture, he wrote. And those that are not Christians still recognize the value of families gathering, giving gifts and sharing in the joy of the season. We need to remain steadfast in retaining space in the public square. Out of tolerance, well-meaning people are being convinced that we need to give space over to alternative groups like these Satanists. Uh, I don't think we should give them an inch, and I agree with him. Satanism has no part in American culture and American life. We're one nation under God uh, and not one nation under secular humanism or Satanism. Ruben? Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, the the, the rights that were given based on our Constitution— allow these people to for their free speech too and uh they're protected under our rights but uh something like this you know evil has in my opinion even evil has should have no rights you know the truth has the rights but uh untruth and which is what this is and it's uh it's 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 going further to to destroy the family values and uh and, and just they're taking away the the name of christmas christmas out of it you know it's a uh, it's an evil uh, thing that's going on here, and it doesn't surprise me to be coming from the from uh, you know uh, Washington, where we saw in Seattle last summer what they were all about. It's a it's it's a beautiful country. It's a beautiful state. I mean, I've been up there, and and uh, but unfortunately, there's some 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 really bad uh, people in there that just just lost the faith. You're right, Ruben. This guy, this Knights of Columbus, guy, uh, Benjamin Harris, says this. As a Christian father and as a Christian citizen, I'm not about to give the devil a platform. And if you're of the mind that says Christianity is a myth and what these folks are representing is also a myth, then I would propose that decency and common sense make the choice pretty transparent. Mm-hmm. Choose the fairy tale over the horror story. <laughs> and so, again, if any if anybody agrees, which I know thousands of people agree with Benjamin Herod, yeah. and you like to politely tell the 11th World Chamber of Commerce that such display should never be brought to the family Christmas celebrations at taxpayer expense at that town, you can write to troy at leavenworth.org. 
He's the, the, the president of the Chamber of Commerce at Leavenworth. Troy, T-R-O-Y, at Leavenworth, all one word, dot org. Leaven, L-E-A-V-E-N-W-O-R-T-H dot org. Troy at Leavenworth dot org to make your voices heard. Ruben? Hmm. Yeah, we have to, as Catholics, we have to uh, stand up for our faith, stand up for our rights, and uh, hold our ground. You know, don't get pushed around. But m- many people are just, they- they'd be afraid of this, and they they walk away, they don't want to get their families hurt, so they 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 don't push back. I like what this knight is doing. He's 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 pushing back, and and he's saying, hey, we're not going to take it. And, and he, hopefully he's got a group of knights that are going to stand with him, um, I would I would venture to say that he probably does because uh, the you know the knights are a pretty solid uh, organization, so- and even Ruben even many Protestants of goodwill. I mean, you want to get everybody involved in something yeah. like this because uh, there there is a lot of Protestants of goodwill, and uh, this is one area. This is black and white. Mm-hmm. Ruben, in heaven, error has no rights. Since we're trying to build the kingdom of heaven on earth, on earth. Error should have no rights. I agree with you, but unfortunately, we live in a secular society. We're no longer, we're a post-Christian nation, and this is why these things are happening. Yeah. And Ruben, and I'll tell you why this, this is happening, because Satanists have a political platform within the Democrat Party. Remember, Satanists were officially, and in, 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 an, organize, in an organized manner, mm-hmm. they were cursing President Trump every Saturday. Uh, Satanists, their political platform is identical to the Democrat Party. Yeah. Whenever the whenever like in Texas, when the, the Texas struck down one of this abortion laws, you had all these Satanists going to Austin, Texas, mm-hmm. and they were screaming inside the chambers, "Hail Satan!" And they were they were holding signs along with Democrats outside protesting against uh, this uh, law that had passed in Texas. Yeah. We also have Satanists that have set up after-school programs, giving kids coloring books and babysitting them until their parents pick them up. We also have Satanists doing invocation at city council meetings. The Satanists control Hollywood, the hip-hop music industry, the heavy metal music, and much of the movie industry. Yeah. You also have a lot of satanic lace performances during the Super Bowl halftime shows. Then you have this. They, the Satanists are erecting statues all around the country. Satanists are in the military as chaplains. They're in prisons. Satanists also adopt parts of the freeway. And again, uh, the fa- I just saw this yesterday. Oxford University said Satanism is now the fastest growing religion in the United States. Wow. And you know why this is happening? Because we as Catholic Christians are failing to evangelize. And finally, some of our clergy are even Satanists. I'll give you th- three right off the top of my head. In 2020, a Catholic priest by the name of Travis Clark filmed himself filmed himself having sex with two female Satanists on the altar of St. Peter and Paul's Church in Pearl River, Louisiana. Also, in Barcelona, Spain, Bishop Xavier Gona, who is the youngest of Spain's bishop, has just entered into a civil marriage with Miss Sylvia Caballol. She's a satanic author of satanic books. He left the bishopric and married, civilly married, a female Satanist. And we also know about Bishop Bernardine from Chicago, yeah. who said a satanic mass where he raped an 11-year-old boy. Uh, you know, this is back 30, 30, 40 years ago. This is well documented. Ruben, it's, we have to fight this. 
until the day we drop dead because yeah. this is a non-negotiable for us as Catholic Christians. Yeah. Because the church is weak right now, Jesse. The, the prayers are, are, you know, there's there's less people going to mass, less people less people praying. So therefore, Satan is having a field day because he's you know he's not getting he's he's not getting incoming rounds from us. You know, that's right. That's exactly what prayer is. It's in it, it, it. We're we're shooting down range. Yeah. We're projecting our rounds down range, and if and if if the devil doesn't feel any incoming fire, he gets stronger. His kingdom gets stronger. Right. They just keep coming ag- aggressing. You know, they keep coming towards us. Yes. <laughs> the, 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 Ruben. The, yeah. The the world of the diabolical. They, they remind me of the movie, uh, the Gladiator. Remember the barbarians kept attacking the Roman legions. Over and over and over. I mean, they were not organized like the Roman legions, but they were constant till Rome finally collapsed to the barbarians in 476 AD. Mm. All right. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to be talking about canon law and private revelation. You're going to want to hear this. Learn something new here. So don't change that dial. Be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You hear that, Catholics? We can do nothing apart from Jesus. So, you know, pray like uh, I mean, uh, work as this. Everything depends on you, and and pray as this. Everything depends on God. So, Amen. Uh, great advice, Ruben. By the way, we got the clip ready for the of Doctor Naomi Wolf, the former Clinton advisor, who's basically red pilled on the whole COVID nineteen cult, the mm-hmm. the medical dictators. She's a Rhodes scholar, so we want you to hear about four minutes of her as a Democrat an advisor to the Clintons, she's exposing the COVID mafia. Mr. Engineer, can you play the clip? I, I just, I cannot stand this because it's not you, it's not you, but this, this, they're trying to drag us onto their field of rhetoric. And it is a field of rhetoric of lies and it's built on lies. And I always think of Goebbels saying, if you just tell a big enough lie over and over again, people will believe you. So number one, as I say all the time, Everybody agrees. All the data show vaccinated, unvaccinated, it does not affect transmission. So all of these um, tyrannical measures are nonsensical because they're predicated on transmission. The other thing I want to say is we're not in a medical emergency anymore. It's not a pandemic. One thing you notice and, you know, before you go, oh, that Naomi Wolf, she's wacky. Let's just do some journalism. Okay. I looked at the data here in Columbia County. We are not in a medical emergency. I drove to the hospitals here in Columbia County. They are empty. I interviewed the staff in the hospitals in Columbia County. I'm acting like a journalist. Who else is doing that among my peers in journalism? Almost no one, because they would find out that the staff say there is no, there no, we're, we're not in an emergency. It's not an emergency situation. Um, I tried to get a COVID test in a real hospital in Columbia County. And they said, we're not going to give you one because it's not an emergency. You have no symptoms. It's a waste of time. 
So I looked at the data, the data, and in Columbia County, which is in New York State, where this woman is lying and saying we're in a huge crisis, the, the numbers of people who are dying of COVID or with COVID, because we've talked about how they're fudging the death certificates, is below, it's 11 or 12, it's not in the top 10, it's below cardiac arrest, it's below stroke, it's below diabetes complications, it's below hypertension, it's below suicide, it's below opioid overdoses. So unless you're gonna stop everything and say, we're gonna suspend everyone's civil rights because some people are dying of, you know, opium over opiate overdoses, which are bad, right? But it's not an emergency level of, of deaths. Um, she's just lying. And one thing I want you all to notice is they never provide the data. They make the claims, right? She said, we're in an emergency. Where's the data? The last data I saw in one of Kathy Hochul's statements is 8,000 cases in upstate New York. What's a case? If it's Omicron, it means you have the flu or something worse than the flu. I'm not trying to minimize it, but a case isn't an infection that leads you to the hospital. It is just someone being sick. And all of us know a lot of people by now who are, I, I must have heard from three people today who said, my kids have COVID. I had COVID last week. Someone else has COVID. My son has COVID. I'm not minimizing it, but they're not dying. Okay. So until you show me that Columbia County has people dying as pandemic is defined, which is broad swaths of death and disability across a large geographical okay. area. That is not happening in New York State, and she should back right down, and she has no right to take our rights back, and I hope and trust that she will get aggressively sued and that the good judges in New York State will rule against her uh, the way they've been ruling against these tyrannical measures in other states. Let me. Add, we got about a minute here. We'd love to have you stay over for a few minutes on the other side, but uh, let me ask you about the, to back to the courts, because CNN had, had a... Uh, had a big piece today about how the courts are stopping Biden in all these states, these federal courts, but that they're quoting the wrong statistics. They're, 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 they're all Trump appointees and they're looking to the Dr. Naomi Wolf's of the world and others like you, right? Malone, all this, that they're looking to the wrong people uh, in 30 seconds. Cause we're going to jump here. What's your response to that? I mean, again, I'm not going to go to that part of the field because that's where Mussolini lives. Our Constitution doesn't say when there's a bad disease, the Constitution is suspended. It just doesn't. So, at, you know, we've lived through smallpox. We've lived through HIV. We've lived through all of it with our Constitution intact because that is the law of the land. You don't get to just say the laws don't apply in a democracy. It's it's illegal. It's unlawful and, and it's criminal. Dr. Naomi Wolf Rubin has red pilled. She's definitely uh, she's definitely seen the light. I mean, this is a Clinton advisor. She's a card-carrying Democrat. But again, see, here's the difference between Dr. Naomi Wolf, between a liberal and a leftist. She's a classic liberal. She's a she's the classic, again, uh, the 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 John F. Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy, Scoop Jackson type of liberal that you can have a conversation with. She's not a leftist. The leftists are Marxist. Right. And so even within the Democrat Party, you have the liberals like Kristen Sinema, Dr. Naomi Wolf, Mancini or Manchin yeah. fighting against the Bernie Sanders and the AOC. So you got liberals and leftists. And uh, this woman here obviously has common sense. You can reason with her. 
And she sees things quite clearly that this is a bioweapon being used to depopulate planet Earth. God bless this woman for her honesty, because I'm telling you, she lost a lot of friends doing this, Ruben. Bet. Yeah, definitely. Just the fact that she went on uh, Bannon's show, it's probably... Oh. Yeah, her, her family's not going to come over for Christmas. Can you imagine the phone call she got from, from, from the Clintons? Oh, yeah. They're probably saying, are you crazy? You are our political advice. Are you nuts? You know who Steve Bannon is? How can you? Yeah. So, uh, again, it's... she's taken a lot of incoming. So all I can say is God bless this woman for her courage. I wonder if Hillary was still crying because uh, she was reading her uh, acceptance speech uh, the other day. And it brought her to tears. Could The speech she never got to read. She, was... <laughs> <laughs> she still hasn't gotten over it, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah, because they, they, didn't, they didn't figure out how to steal that election. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ruben, let's let's go into Canal on private revelation. This is let's get into some a Catholic topic. This is big uh, because we want to know what the church's norms are for apparitions and stuff. A lot of Catholics, Ruben, are taken over by mystical phenomena, and demons can demons can pantomime. They can mind this very easy. Apparitions, phantasm, mystical phenomena. Mm -hmm. This is why it's very careful to be running around and chasing Our Lady's apparition in a garage, in a tree, on a yeah. pancake, a tortilla. And I'm not, and, and I'm not making, I'm not making fun here. I'm saying, this is what you hear from Catholics. Yeah. Again, because they're not rooted in the teachings of the church. So let's see what the church teaches about this. And then we can have a discussion. So canon law on private revelation. So this is canon law. The following statement is recorded in the Code of Canon Law of the Latin Rite of the Catholic Church. That's us. Now, ecclesiastical permission is not required for publication of revelations, visions, or miracles. A decree of the Sacred Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith prior to 1965 was called the Holy Office. Uh, but now it's called the, the CDF, Sacred Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith was published in the, in the official Acts of the Holy See. Mm -hmm. In Articles 1399 and, and the Code of Canon Law 2318 are abrogated by this decree. This decree of abrogation, which was approved on October 14, 1966 by Pope Paul VI, who ordered its publication at the same time. This approval by Pope Paul VI took place during an audience According to Cardinal Ottaviani, who was the pro-prefect for, it was called, well, it was already called the, the Sacred Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith at this time, but before that it was called the Holy Office. The decree was made in Rome back in 1966. It bears the signatures of Cardinal Ottaviani, one of the great defenders of tradition at Vatican II. In fact, mm -hmm. he had his microphone turned off as he was trying to give a speech at Vatican II on the importance of not changing the mass, on the importance of maintaining tradition, uh, the modernists kept turning off his microphone so that he could not, uh, and they basically shouted him out of the stage. He was already an old man. And so without a microphone, he couldn't project his voice and they just booed him and, and shouted him out of the stage. If you haven't read his little track on, uh, the, it's called the Ottaviani Intervention. Intervention, correct. And yeah, it's all about the new mass and, uh, yeah. So, Ruben, go, go right into the canon, canon okay. 1399 and what it says. So, canon 1399 forbade the publishing of certain books, such as those that deal with revelations, visions, prophecies, and miracles. 
So this canon was repealed on March 29th, 1967. It was three months after uh, it was brought up. And uh, this means that as far as these publications are concerned, prohibition is lifted as to their being bound by ecclesiastical law, and henceforth Catholics are permitted without the need of an imprimatur, a nihil obstat, or any other permission to publish accounts of revelations, visions, prophecies, and miracles. So, of course, these publications must not be not put in danger of the faith or morals. So this is the, the general rule which every Catholic must follow in all his actions, especially journalists. There is henceforth no longer any prohibition concerning the narrative of, of seers, be they recognized or not by ecclesiastical authority. This is all the more reason for Catholics to frequent places of apparitions, even those not recognized by ordinaries of their diocese or by the Holy Father, granted that the Catholic visitors who frequent these places respect the faith and morals. However, they are not subject to any ecclesiastical discipline, not even for their public prayers. Permission is required only for the celebration of Holy Mass or any other religious service. So that, that kind of, I think of Medjugorje when I, when I just read that. Um, you know, people have been going there and, and some people swear by it and you know, we we've talked about it on the show before that it, it uh, you know the uh, the church has gone on a long time looking at that one and uh, and they have uh, they've come out with some things recently, but uh, they're only going to recognize the initial <laughs> the initial. From what I read, they recognize the the first week, the first seven days. They say something supernatural probably did happen, and they don't recognize anything else. Yeah, but the the, that was the last statement the that they made originally the were saying that, that they didn't see anything supernatural. But anyway, we'll pick this up on the other side of the break. Listen to Jesus nine one one. Be right back. Now, back to Jesus nine one one. If this call is not an emergency. Dial 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. We're talking about uh, canon law and private revelation. We just went over canon uh, 1399. So Jesse, you want to pick up on canon 2318? Oh, we can't hear you, Jess. I think... Uh, okay, so... Can, can you hear me, Ruben? Okay, can hear you now. Okay. Okay. So Canon 2318 carried penalties against those who violated the laws of censure and prohibition. The canon has been abrogated since 1966. So none can occur ecclesiastical censure for frequenting places of apparitions, even those not recognized by the ordinaries of their diocese or by the Holy Father. Also, those who would have incurred the censured treatment in Canon 2318 will be likewise absolved by the very facts of the abrogation, abolishment of the canon. This was written by Cardinal Ottaviani, who, by the way, was named a cardinal by Pope Pius XII in 1953. He served as a secretary of the Holy Office in the Roman Curia from 1959 to 1966. Here's a couple of statements on private revelations. Pope Urban VIII says, In cases which concern private revelations, it's better to believe than not to believe, for if you believe and it is proven true, you will be happy th that you have believed because our Holy Mother asked it. If you believe and it should be proven false, 
you'll receive all blessings as if it had been true because you believed it to be true. Pope Urban VIII. Ruben, which is the next quote? Pope St. John the 23rd, February 18th, 1959. He says, quote, we exhort you to listen with simplicity of heart and honesty of mind to the salutary warnings of the mother of God, the Roman pontiff, pontiffs, if they have been constituted, the guardians have been constituted, the guardians and interpreters of the divine revelation contained in the scriptures and in tradition also have the duty when after mature examination, they deem it necessary for the common good of bringing to the attention of the faithful those supernatural lights which it pleases God to dispense freely to certain privileged souls, not for the purpose of presenting new doctrines, but rather to guide us in our conduct, end quote. That, that, that's very key, that last sentence yeah. that, you, that you read there. Not to teach new doctrines, but rather to guide us in our conduct. Mm -hmm. Like Our Lady of Guadalupe appeared to St. Juan Diego, didn't teach anything new, but guided the Aztecs and the Spaniards to reconcile and bring in Christianity together in Mexico and follow her son, Jesus Christ. St. Thomas Aquinas stated that the purpose of private revelations is not to prove the truth of Christian doctrine or add anything to it, but to offer to men of a certain period and because of the circumstances of that period, direction for human action. That's why Our Lady appeared in Nikita, Japan. Good Council, Tepeyek, La Salette, Lourdes, Fatima. She appeared to a certain people at a certain time to guide them in their conduct and to direct human action, not to teach anything new. Uh, one of the popes, I think it was Pope Paul VI, said, the uh, Marian apparitions are nothing more than a restatement of the four Gospels. Yeah. Uh, so that so uh, what's it says the what's it mean for the church to to approve a private revelation? Well, it's just it's it's approved by the Catholic Church. The ones that are are private revelations, and the, the Catholic Church has judged it to be in all probability, uh, not infallibly or with absolute absolute certainty from God. Uh, constant de supernaturalitate and has uh has legalized it to be published and authorized devotion to them so there's to my knowledge jesse maybe uh you correct me if i'm wrong there's been eight approved apparitions and there have been like 11 out of the 386 apparitions which have been approved with supernatural character which have received a a, a yes to indicate the local bishop's approval of faith expression prayer and devotion at the at, at a particular site and and the there's bishops approval so they call it episcopal approval in laos france that was where uh our lady of laos to to venerable benedicta rencurl was uh, approved by bishop uh, jean michael falco in 19 in 1664 to 1718 and then here in uh in the states here green bay wisconsin a lot of people don't know about this 1859 three apparitions of our lady of good help to Adele Brise was approved by Bishop David Ricken, Cabejo, Rwanda, in 1981 to 89. You had the papal approved apparitions where Jesus appeared in Parade, France. The apparitions of the Sacred Heart of Jesus to St. Margaret Mary Alacoy were approved by Pope Pius XI. And then and in Krakow, Poland, and from 39 to 1938. The apparitions of the Divine Mercy to St. Faustina Kowalska, who was approved by Pope John Paul II. And those um, 
I mean, you know, and, and that and some traditionalists will say, oh, I don't want to, I don't follow those uh, divine mercy. I know uh, some uh, traditional groups, they, uh, they refrain from the divine mercy. Uh, here's, here's, here's the, the way I would defend the divine mercy. Number one, that's the overarching theme in the Old Testament and the New Testament is yeah. God's mercy. It's it, that that word is has said the Hebrew word has said is found more than any other word in both testaments. Has said means mercy or it means love or pity. And so the whole Bible is about divine mercy. Yeah. Number one. Number two. Saint Faustina was a trad. What I mean by that, she was a nun in uh, that only knew the Latin Mass. Uh, and and number three. Uh, I would just say that everything that she says in her diary, once again, somebody says, well, she talks about mercy too much and not about justice. She does talk about justice, but that was not the emphasis of that those revelations. This was after World War One, and the church needed to hear a message of mercy because the church is going off the rails. And so I think there's this one psalm, it's Psalm 136, uh, where King David says, is he says it 29 times. The mercy of God endures forever. The mercy of God endures forever. The mercy of God endures forever. So I tell my trad friends, I say, oh, so St. Faustina talks so much about mercy. What about Psalm 136? What about the book of Daniel chapter 4? What about Psalm 118? This is all over the This is the constant theme of the Bible yeah. is that we're knuckleheads. We're sinners. Yeah, that, and God's mercy is there to save us. And so I, I find St. Faustina's uh, uh, apparitions refreshing because boy oh boy uh if there's ever a time where there's been a stiff neck people on planet earth it's right now yeah. and i'm going to tell you the time of mercy is now it'll be too late when you die it'll be too late when christ comes back when christ comes back or when you die now it's justice it's time for the particular judgment i haven't heard uh that that uh, you know the, the the circles that i run with about uh there was too much mercy involved in in what her, her sayings was, but there were some aspects of in her diary, and totally nothing wrong with the prayers. By the way, the chapel of the divine mercy; those are completely beautiful. Ethic. Yeah. So, and and the theology there is 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 nothing wrong with it. So, uh, but there's other. Um, anyway, so we'll we'll move on to. We'll talk about it another yeah, day. Another yeah, day. I, I like I like to broach that. So yeah, there's there's been a couple of other um, papal uh, approvals and. Esbelan Thuringia, Thuringia, I guess the 13th century, Saint, to Saint Gertrude the Great, um, and uh, how about Guadalupe of Mexico? We know about uh, that. We just celebrated her feast day. Uh, Rue de Bac, France, in 1830. That was when uh, the miraculous medal to Saint Catherine Labore. Lourdes, France, Our Lady of appeared uh, to Saint Bernadette Subaru, and then uh, Knock Ireland in 1879. The vision of Our Lady of Knock to to several seers over there. Um, so those are worthy of belief and uh, we'd be silly to not uh, put weight into them. Yeah. Um, Let me mention one thing. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between public revelation and private revelation. Yes. The church says Catholics must believe in public revelation. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the whole of the new Testament, old Testament and sacred tradition. That's been publicly revealed to us and you can't, you can't improve upon it. Mm -hmm. Now, private revelation is different. Private revelation is given to a certain point in time of history, like Our Lady Guadalupe, Our Lady of Fatima. It's a message for a particular people 
at a certain point in time in salvation history. And oftentimes, private revelation is just for the person themselves. A lot of people tell me when I go to parishes, I'm here in Texas, mm. Jess, Jesus appeared to me. Jess, Our Lady appeared to me. I'm not, I don't say, you liar. I don't believe you. You're not. Go check in on a funny farm. Yeah. I say, really? You know what? Thank God that God gave you a private message. And this is for you to grow holier and grow closer to our Lord and closer to Our Lady. That message was given to you. And that message was not given to teach the Catholic Church something new or anything that surpasses public revelation, it was given to you specifically. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why sometimes, again, it's very dangerous to be saying, God is speaking to me here, Our Lady is speaking to me here. St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila says, be careful, be careful, be careful. Why? This is how, for example, uh, Islam started, okay? Muhammad said that uh, an angel appeared to him in a cave and uh, he he started dictating the Quran. Joseph Smith, this is how he went to a forest, and he said uh, God spoke to him, and and, uh, and, he, and, he, and he found the Book of Mormon. This is also what New Age people say. The, the, the spirits speak to me. Psychics say the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's very, very dangerous to try to tap into the preternatural or the supernatural. Just stick to the basics, what Dan Schneider calls smash-mouth Catholicism. Do your prayers and do your duties as a good Catholic Christian according to your state in life. Yeah, Jesse, you're right. Um, there's also uh, what that the, the last uh, canon, the code there, 2318, it was. Um, it, it, they did uh, did away with the the uh, the forbidden books, the index of forbidden books, and um, so it's the the Roman Catholic Church has long published the index of Laborium Prohibitori. Bitorum, uh, or list of prohibited books, and they were viewed as heretical or contrary to the morality of the church. Catholics are forbidden to read these without permission. And then, so that was done away with at Vatican II, um, or by, you know, that same uh, decree in, in 1966. That wasn't good. I'll tell you why, Ruben. No. There's many, there's many saints that our Lord has actually given them a tour of hell. I'm not talking about St. Faustina. This is way before St. Faustina in the Middle Ages. And the saints tell us that there are many souls in hell because they read bad books. Oh, yeah, you're right. I've heard that one. Many souls in hell because they cut their teeth on bad books. Jesse had allowed the modernists to get these bad books into the seminaries. Absolutely. Right? So, and we're paying a price for it. Absolutely, yeah. So you've been listening to Jesus 911. Enjoy the show, like and share it with uh, with others. And uh, we're coming up on the next hour with Gary Mishuda, hands-on apologetics. And uh, stay stay grounded in your Catholic faith. By the way, I'm at St. Peter's tonight in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. Come on down, St. Peter's tonight, Corpus Christi. All right out. Keep the faith. Bring your rosary. Make a good Advent season. God bless you. Hey.